0: Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Eve Eurydice. I am Greek from the island of Lesbos, where the lesbians come from. <laughs> uh, I've written three books on female sexuality. Satyricon with Scribner, F32, The Second Coming with Virago, F32. I've been a staff writer writing on sex for *Spin* Mag, and I wrote the Sex Files column for GearMag for years. I've uh, done talk shows, TV shows as a sex expert. I'm a multimedia artist with... Theme Female Sexuality. And I started this podcast a while ago because I am interested in um, finding a way to live a sexually non binary life and to heal the dichotomy between body and mind that we've inherited from the Judo Christian uh, tradition. Find the women for women to uh, enjoy their bodies win our genetic advantage back, which is through sex. (laughs) And uh, my guest today is uh, ideal in some sense for this topic because he has spent his career and is focusing his career um, on giving women, helping women medically, anatomically to achieve better orgasms. So his name is Amir Marashi. Dr. Amir Marashi is a Gy- gynecologist whose practice is focused on cosmetic gynecology and specific vaginal cosmetic improvement and orgasm improvement. He practices in New York, now Miami, and Dubai. And um, he's known as the vagina whisperer. <laughs> so if you Google vagina whisperer, you find out all about him. Also, as uh, Puskasso <laughs> Vagilangelo. <laughs> So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So, I I looked you up and I read that you hosted the first designer vagina fashion show in New York. That's correct. Could you tell us what that is, that was? Sure.
1: So, the way I look at this <coughs> topic is that there is so much taboo around Having sex and getting orgasms and uh, making your vagina, you know, more functional with different ways, you know, uh, natural ways or surgical ways or injections. All of these, there is so much taboo that nobody talks about it. For men, orgasm is like, oh, something that they need. You know, let's give them Viagra. Let's do this. Let's do that. But for women, you know what? It's Mm -hmm. something that it's a taboo. You have to be Mm -hmm. ashamed of talking about it. Um, I have patients that they told me for years, let's say they've been like coughing or sneezing and losing urine, but they thought it's normal and they can't talk about it. I have patients that their partner left them because they thought that everything is so dry or so loose and they thought it's completely normal. They can't do anything for it. And mm-hmm. I have patients that were uncomfortable with the size of their labia or whatever reason they wanted to get a labioplasty. So I thought, let's take the taboo off of this subject. And to do that, what would be the best thing to do, I decided to host the designer vagina fashion show at Fashion Show in New York City. During, during Fashion Week, you mean? It was during Fashion Week, Okay,
0: yes. so what was describe it, please. <laughs> so,
1: well, it... Um, it was basically it wasn't people walking naked as everybody thinks. No, fashion you show. You can't even be. see exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the main attraction. <laughs> That's true. So I, we had a lot of photos of before Mm. and after the surgeries we were talking about the patients and a lot of my patients came forward and they were there that they were talking about it how it changed their lives it was mostly empowering people to talk about you Uh know how it changed their lives to get better orgasms to feel their vagina actually is like when it was when they were younger and they had more feelings and everything and so these patients came forward they were talking so there were some testimonials there were a lot of photos of before and after and we were talking about cosmetic gynecology, you know, uh, process, and it was actually hosted. It was in iHeartRadio. Radio, hmm. and we had everybody from New York Post, New York Times. After I did it in like four or five days. Um, we had more than like 150 publication, which I'm glad because all the way to China and India, people were calling me and saying that, you know, thank you for trying to take the taboo off of this because mm-hmm. nobody really yes. wants to talk about it. So that was my main goal of doing this, and I think I achieved most of it. But I continue talking about it.
0: No, you have to. I mean, that's exactly what I'm doing here. That's why I'm here every Friday, exactly. 2 to 4. <laughs> exactly. And we'll continue to and i don't i don't make a profit out of it it's a 100% you know service oriented because i believe in it so strongly that and, and and i actually believe that by you know articulating women's sexuality and liberating it and understanding it we can change not only women's sexual lives but the world um, because the whole setup of the world that we have now is you know based on that repression so you know the way language works the way the law works the way our our customs and our judgments our social judgments work are all constructed right on top of that repression that there is no need for it anymore you know we have reached the moment i'm just sharing this with you and the audience we have reached the moment where for the first time Thanks to medicine men can know who their offspring is without having to like marry and yoke the woman so the whole um, kind of like you know secret reasoning or justification for having to like take a woman from her father and keep her with her husband so pe- men would know that's their baby is no longer needed. You can just find out if you're the father. So without that, and then, you know, thanks to the Me Too movement and feminism in general, we have reached a moment when it's accepted, at least in the Western world, that women should give consent. Of course. Um, well, it was not always. <laughs> this is a recent achievement, <laughs> but we have those two big achievements, and we all take them now for granted, which is really a generational shift. So I believe that we can slowly you know, alter our biases, our assumptions that are in, inherent, that we were given by our elders without real explanation once we, we examine them and once we lead a more conscious life, bo- both sexually and also in our relationships. So you know, the fact that you can help, that, that not just you, but that medicine can help women who feel that physically they have an obstacle and they cannot reach pleasure is very important because it gives them that power. No, I mean, as you said, it's
1: it's amazing that right now we can help women, and women actually are starting to seek help about these conditions, and they talk about it because, you know, it's about time. It's 21st century. Mm -hmm. You know, men and women are completely equal, um, well, I, I, no, I mean, I mean they, they should be. They should be. I mean, there, there is, there is no difference, you know. It, even the penis and vagina. I mean, I basically compare it. I give injections in penises too, you know to make orgasms no, like better. Injections
0: of what? what? What are you uh, injecting So in you it? can,
1: the same thing you inject in the, uh, basically around the clitoris and G spot, which we're going to talk about, that's PRP from your own mm. blood gotcha. to make the orgasms better and rejuvenate everything, just like a vampire facial in your face, right. a vampire facial in your penis or in your vagina. Right. And the thing is that, that, I mean, they both deserve a better orgasm. Right, both and that's men. just
0: a very minor procedure. Exactly, that's it's a very not, minor procedure. Yeah, you no. just take, some blood and it, spin it and then right it, okay. but
1: that's just I'm telling you so with, since I'm doing this I know the anatomy of men and women is exactly the same penis and clitoris is, they're just different sizes you exactly. know of course well somebody has a vagina inside and somebody has a penis outside it has to basically be something that goes in something else and they fit so anatomically we are the same I mean with Very minor differences. So, and men been enjoying sex forever. And for men, it's like, well, I have to come. I have to get an orgasm. But a lot of my patients tell me, and I know, I mean, it's researched, 80 to 90% of women never got a vaginal orgasm. True. They may have gotten clitoral orgasm, but they haven't got a vaginal orgasm.
0: And, and I'm gonna say that fifty percent haven't even got the clitoral exactly. orgasm. Exactly. I mean that's how bad it is. It,
1: it is and and they, they don't talk about it. They never talked no. about it because they're oh, you know what? It's about my partner. Let's let's make my man happy. From well,
0: also we don't they don't have the words for it. So I think that at the most basic level The fact that you're speaking out that you're doing these events that you're doing these interviews you're giving them words that they didn't know existed so you you may someone may listen to us and understand that what they're feeling has a name and it's something fixable if you don't have a word for what it is then you don't even know it you just take assume that's how it should be that's how it you know and then of course you don't know who to speak to about it so you spent a whole life um, deprived.
1: So true. Mm-hmm. So true. And as you said, yeah, you spent a lot of women, I mean most women, spent their entire life deprived. It's exactly when you don't know something exists, you know. It's like when Internet was closed and everything was oppressed in some of the countries. Mm, you know, let's say some third world countries or somewhere that internet was completely shut, people don't know something exists. Well, they don't want it. Right, exactly. It, it, but yeah, orgasm is something that it's your right to have, and it's exactly. part of your physiology. Exactly. You know, if your husband and doesn't know how to do it, and women have
0: ex- better orgasms than men. Oh That's my the god! Irony.
1: If if, if <laughs> they get a real <laughs> orgasm, exactly. you know what? It. Uh,
0: I mean, a woman's orgasm is lasts longer. Exactly. You know, it m- can be multiple. It can be repeated right away. Exactly. She doesn't have to like pass out. <laughs> 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 so. You know, and and some women feel, oh, you know, the guy will come anyway. So, you know, a, a, as if, I, I don't think it's that simple. You know, I think that both partners need, you know, a little something extra. Uh, you know, neither partner should have to, like, do all the work. So, you know, part of the message here should be that, yes, you know, women have the right orgasm and should, like, find their own. And one way to do it is play by themselves, you know, masturbate, kind of teach themselves what's going on I- with their sexual anatomy, um, and then share that with their partner or the husband. But you know, the other thing is that um, they both owe it to each other to please each other, to go to go that extra step. So the women can try to do new things to their men, just like the men can try to do new things to their women, and that makes a relationship last longer and you know become much more exciting because there can be surprises you don't just kind of like get up in the morning same time every morning you know stick it to your woman <laughs> and then take a shower <laughs> go to work well, that's <laughs> that's not a sex life that's like having coffee and breakfast it becomes meaningless you know the sheer repetition of it becomes meaningless so it, that's not even orgasmic for the man that's just like a way to release and you know the same way that you like you know go to the bathroom you just have a release and then <laughs> you continue with the day that should be very different from what we're talking about you know sexual pleasure that lasts longer that varies um that involves both par- partners and you know experimenting in new ways so allowing yourself um that education of what exists sexually anatomically you know, learning and embracing that and feeling happy about it, instead of, um, you know, judgy (laughs) and embarrassed and ashamed. That's the first step. You know, that
1: is the first step. And one thing that I want women to understand is that why do I say orgasm is so important? I want to tell you something that you understand. A lot of people, especially we are here in Miami, they work out and people love going to the gym. Why do you like going to the gym? Why do you like to I work don't out? Know. I, I tell you, I tell <laughs> I you why. Like if you if you work out for one hour, which like twenty minutes of is cardio, and the rest is let's say exercise on your muscles, you get a good amount of endorphin, right? Which yeah, is yeah, the yeah, morphine yeah. that your own body is making, and it right. gives you a high that's right. so good. So that's why you wake up next day and you want to go. Guess what? If a woman gets a good orgasm, oh, yeah. the amount of endorphins they get is 10 times to 20 times more than the amount that they would get with that one hour of workout. So guess what? You need to get a good orgasm. Now, what are the things that you can do as a person? I mean, other than the stuff that you said, first of all, during sex, you need to relax. You need to let go. Forever, woman used to be like, oh, you know what? I keep my legs tight together because then he thinks I'm I'm tighter or he feels better <laughs> because it's going no it's going to
0: make him come faster and it does but oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that's my mother's generation let's just do it we yeah. can get it over with just relax
1: you know so sad relax that's the most important thing if you have to have a glass of wine before try to relax because when the vagina is relaxed you're going to get much better orgasms make sure you don't eat too much before you're <laughs> you're sex, <funny>. you have sex. You're funny. No, that, that, these are important yeah, to tell yeah, patients. Yeah. And then, <laughs> teach your anatomy. Try to watch sex like... On
0: an empty stomach. <laughs> exactly. Not
1: empty stomach, but a little bit. Just eat yeah. something small. Yeah. And then, play with yourself. See what really works out for yourself. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you how to find your G-spot and everything. But, at the same time, teach the same thing to your partner. Oh, right. Tell exactly. him what's sensitive. You know, you may have somebody's right nipple may be very sensitive and their clitoris, but, you know, they don't have any sensitivity around their anus or somebody's or the left, left nipple. nipple. Exactly. <laughs> so when you see that's more sensitive, don't let your partner waste their time. Tell them, you know what? My right nipple <laughs> and my clitoris. <laughs> that's me. <my laughs> <so laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah but you also have to experiment like there's only one way to find out if you have anal sensitivity and how much if you can have orgasm or not by try it out you have to you yeah. have
1: to you have to really try everything and you have yeah. to because you owe it to yourself if you're getting 10 times more endorphins that you would get by just working out for 1 hour this is like working out for oh, a week and a half exactly i know? agree and Sex personally aside. yeah
0: <laughs> personally i'll take it any time over the gym <laughs> so um how do you, and so you have a, a a way of finding the G spot you just said so um Various
1: G-spots. Let's just talk about that. And that's... Uh, let me show you I'm on sorry. The I'm enjoying it. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a vagina here. And... Uh, it's little. It's... Yeah, I mean... I've known <laughs> bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I've known a lot bigger ones. <laughs> yes.
0: So oh, yeah. You, I'm sure. <laughs> so as okay. you see anatomically... And is this a pillow? This case? is a pillowcase. Yes. Okay. We have it's a Volva. Anatomy of Volva pillowcase. <laughs> actually,
1: I bought it on Amazon. It's, it's really... So cute. <laughs> Okay,
0: and it's not shaved. It's not (laughs) shaved. Exactly. So you see, on top, you
1: have the clitoris, which Uh a lot of people think this part is clitoris, but this is really clitoral hood. So you have to pull back the hood that's sitting on top of the clitoris to see your clitoris. Correct. And if you want to find it, try to urinate as you're peeing. Right on top of where you pee from, that's where your clitoris is. And then underneath it, you have the opening of the vagina. But that's the clitoris, and that's a point that everybody knows. It's very sensitive. You can play with it. You can get an orgasm, and you would love it. But what about vaginal orgasms, meaning that getting uh, orgasm during intercourse? During intercourse, simultaneously maybe with your partner. First of all, you can always uh, stimulate your clitoris. There's no problem with it as you're having sex. Exactly. You
0: can keep your hand there or his hand there. Exactly, his hand there. But well, some men are not that good at it. Sometimes you're better at it yourself because you know what's going on. <laughs> and that's okay because men are excited by the visual of it. But so. you should teach him. You should yeah. teach
1: him. You yeah. know? I'm sure most men would love to please you when they mm-hmm. see what's gonna happen to you. It's like, oh my God, I, I made exactly. her come. Yeah, you know? that's so, a great high. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. a great high too.
0: By the way, just as an aside, I recommend you know coconut oil. Oh, and okay. both visually and I'm know, gonna talk to you about okay. coconut I actually Sweet. I, I have a, I have a product that's coming <laughs> oh, out do? with
1: coconut. I'm doing a research on coconut oil and C B D oil together. Yeah I have I have the C B D oil too. The, Which is amazing. Amazing, amazing yes. because it it relaxes the vagina. Yeah. C B D Hands down, it's kind of like putting your vagina on some wine. You know, imagine when you have a glass of wine and you relax, you can talk about everything. You don't want to get your vagina drunk, you know, you don't want to put too much THC and everything in your vagina because then it's like having whatever, four or five shots of vodka, then you don't know no, what you No, then you're it becomes nama. Exactly.
0: Yes, I've experimented. I have a girlfriend who goes to uh, Cali and gets it once a year for the whole group of friends. <laughs> right. No, but CBD... I think it's called Flora, the... Right, but the, the but that has THC company. in it. Yes, that has it THC, yes, yes.
1: Now, the one that I'm actually making right now is like pure
0: CBD. Right.
1: And I've been
0: trying so it's it. N- it. It's legal everywhere. It, it's everywhere legal. Mm-hmm. And
1: then we tried it on different kind of patients. We tried it on people who don't get good orgasms. It relaxes the vagina. We use it as vaginal moisturizer, you know, Uh, Because as we lose the moisture in the vagina, and this has coconut oil too, that's very helpful.
0: Did you bring me a sample? I'm going to give you some samples. I I didn't
1: bring it. I mean, (laughs) I I didn't think you're going to use it on the show.
0: (laughs) But like, yeah, I could tell you. I could right. rub it and say yeah. what it feels like. No, it, it hmm. feels very good. And all then, right,
1: we'll do the samples next r- time. Definitely. And then the other thing, it helps with pelvic pain. You know, a lot of women during uh, periods, they get a lot of cramps and everything. Mm-hmm. So this is, first of all, natural. CBD is much better than taking Motrin and Advil and Aleve. You know, it's much better. It doesn't go through.
0: So you're recommending people rub it on their genitals again for so, cramping or so, on your stomach so the no lower? this
1: is actually v- the one I'm making it's a vaginal oil so you can mm-hmm. actually put it inside the vagina mm-hmm. or you can soak your tampon with it and put it Did and you warm it it's up? gonna be you, well so when it's with coconut oil you know what happens with coconut oil it's a little yeah, bit yeah. it could get grainy it can get so coagulated you, exactly yeah. so I'm I am having this uh, I'm basically making working with this company who's packing it to put them in a small packs mm. so, so so they stay one liquid. use pack, so they stay mm-hmm. liquid. That's much better than, and then you know that you actually get that amount of CBD. Right. But that's besides the point. So CBD is going to be. Oh, helpful that's exciting. For, yeah, that, and
0: what do you call this? Uh,
1: it's a more. A more, of course. A more MD. A <laughs> <Amor, yes. laughs> MD. Okay. No, I'm. I'm going to tell you. I'm actually doing a aphrodisiac bar as well. But uh, Where is that going to be? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be everywhere. If you you saw this, this is. Um, I did not. I know if you know Matthew Kenny, he is uh, actually used to have a couple of restaurants in Miami. He's a very famous vegan chef. Oh, sweet. He's a plant-based chef, and Mm. uh, I really believe in plant-based diet. Yeah, I'm vegan myself. Awesome.
0: Awesome. I don't discuss it on the show. It's too much. But, yes, vegan all the way. (laughs) That's that's amazing. I've been vegan for 20 years.
1: It's very good for your body. It keeps the body very alkaline, Mm -hmm. uh, and it helps with a lot of diseases. So we came together and we are like, let's formulate uh, a nutrition bar. That's kind of formulated by a doctor and it's always, it's also yummy. So you kind of make it really tasty, but my bars are not like, oh, just a protein bar. So one is anti-inflammatory bar. One is aphrodisiac and brain food. So that is, and as a matter of fact, our first batch is coming out in February. So wow, that's very exciting. Had l- so you
0: have to come back and I'll taste it. For sure, <laughs> for sure. The <laughs> name is
1: Antidote, I mean, without uh-huh. A, so uh-huh. that's the name of the bar. Uh-huh. But uh, the aphrodisiac one is very helpful. It has pine pollen, which is a very yes. good aphrodisiac
0: and helps a lot. I mean, I'm sure you know a lot about that. So mm. Okay, so... I have a few questions, just based on what I'm reading here. But before I, I go through them, let's tell us about let's hear about the G uh, spot. Um, so finding a
1: <laughs> discover your own G spot 101. Yeah, this yeah. is very important. First of all, make sure you wash your hands whenever you want to do anything with the vagina. Wash your hands really well. Don't put any soap in your vagina because that's gonna give you yeast infection. But your hands must be
0: clean. And if your husband is going Doing anything with your vagina, their hands need to be clean. And That's a big thing. They need to take a shower. I, I find that very challenging because if it's not a husband and it's someone you have less, uh, you know, familiarity and intimacy with, um, you know, it's very hard to keep telling them, oh. Everything is great, but you gotta take a break and wash your hands because you've just been up, you know, my ass or your ass or whatever. And the hands <laughs> have to start over. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're supposed to that's that's part of the problem, I think, with heteronormative sexuality. We're supposed to be swept up in this passion and we're supposed to be beside ourselves in order to have sex, right? We're not supposed to be there like thinking and conscious and doing it the way we're talking now, only we're having sex, because then it's more shameful. So because it's not discussed, and it's done in the dark, and it's done in silence, um, we are supposed to kind of like not know what we're doing, the women just kind of give up, and let the men do everything in the moment, like swept by whatever, the gods of of love and eros. And that's just not necessary at all. I actually found out in my, I, I spent, a year doing research in um, um, s and and other, you know, sexual uh, subcultures, and they excel at it. And it's so easy and simple and normal for them because there's so few of them, they get together and they negotiate. They have specific words. For everything imaginable, they agree on what they want to do, how long they want to do it. They have safe words, and nobody's supposed to like go crazy and not be able to, you know, hear anything or stop because they're like, you know, consumed by this, you know, you know sexual whatever possession. So yeah, part of part of our, I think, goal here should be to demystify sex. It's okay to to stop for a moment, <laughs> wash up or, you know, change positions or change outfits because you feel like in the move to look like a French maid all of a sudden. Or it's okay, you know. It, it doesn't have to be like in one continuous insane push until the guy comes. That's De- not right. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> right.
1: Or you know what, as a woman, I, I tell a lot of my patients always have, let's say, if you may have random sex, always make sure you have condoms in your own bag because the guy may not want to use it. And always have hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Thank you. It's very... And make sure you get a natural one. You know, there are a lot of natural ones. Don't use too Dr. much... Dr.
0: Broner's lavender. Exactly. I in my purse. <laughs> love lavender. <yeah. laughs> I know.
1: There is another one in Whole Foods. I really like it. It's... Um, it's lavender is this blue packaging. Anyways, mm. they're, they're all good. As long as it's natural and it doesn't have any chemicals, you know, it's great. Yeah. Make sure you use it on your hand. So and
0: wash your hands. Wash your hands. Both hand. of you. Even
1: clean his penis too, just in yes, case. If you he know. hasn't just showered. Exactly. Right.
0: Now. If he's like coming straight from the bar exa- <laughs> where you met. <laughs> it happens. So it, it sometimes happens in yeah. the bar, you know. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's another one of my recommendations. Like you know, don't drink and fuck if you can. Like don't get get drunk. Not have a you know glass of wine, but don't get drunk in order to give yourself permission, because then you don't know what's happening. That's how we get to like date rape, you know. Exactly. So it's important to
1: be present. Right. <laughs> and you don't enjoy it. I mean, if that's yeah. if if you are that drunk, yeah, you don't you enjoy. Yeah, you want to remember
0: it. everything. It exactly. matters. Anyway, so G spot. So G spot. Everybody's clean.
1: So what is and turned on exactly. and wet yes and then now you're trying to find your g-spot yourself or with him remember g-spot is inside the vagina right on the top wall of the vagina on top so so on top wall of the vagina which we call it anterior wall or the front wall of the vagina so if you're laying on your buttocks you're laying back Mm -hmm. and putting your finger in you know what it's towards the roof Right. It's not at the bottom. It's not towards yes. your anus. It's yes. towards the it roof. towards
0: your belly button. Exactly. So yes.
1: Exactly. So as you're going in, usually one... To two inches in, right. That's right in the middle. That's going to be your G spot. Now the way to find it, just go with your index finger in. You can put a little bit of coconut oil or something mm-hmm. on. And as you're going in, after two your, fingers, I would say. Uh, two fingers or one. I mean, I do it with one finger when I want to oh. find for the patients because well, maybe it's, you have a bigger finger. Right. <laughs> 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 but uh, you basically you want to go and you want to start massaging that front wall of the vagina like let's say an inch in and then go a little bit more in and massage it and a little bit more in and see where is really where you have. Um, I call it the point of maximum sensation. Because some people don't like to use G-spot because it was named after like whatever. Some asshole. Dr. (laughs) Grafenberger wrote something. Some people say, oh, why do you call it G-spot? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Don't call it G-spot. It doesn't matter. The point of maximum (laughs)
0: sensation, you know. It doesn't matter what you call it. Exactly. Just find it and, you know, come. Find it.
1: (laughs) And there is... People say, are you sure? I'm like, definitely, because G-spot exists, because that's the part. If you start feeling, you're going to feel a lot more. Now, why is that part so sensitive? There are two arguments. Some people say, well, it's probably the tail of your clitoris, which the body of clitoris goes back there, and that's probably why. Mm. So it's around here.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. And
1: the other reasoning is that look, your clitoris that's the most sensitive is on the front wall of the vagina. Right. So all the
0: nerves the nerves. All the nerves exactly.
1: They're coming. They're coming on the front wall. So when I used to deliver babies back in the days, if we had to give an episiotomy or cut a woman and right. the baby's head is not going to be cu- cutting down towards the rectum, which right. doesn't have Always. that much feeling. Nerves, yes. But if you cut on top or no. if the woman tear on top, it kills them because there's so much sensation. Right. So no question G-spot is in front. Oh and my God, like,
0: clitorectomies. Like,
1: oh, oh. oh, I tell you about that. I, I have such bad stories. I actually help a lot of patients with uh, female genital mutilation um, because... Uh, I mean, in Brooklyn, where my main practice is, I get a lot of patients from some African countries that sometimes they got it as, you know... Children, c- children, cultural, or whatever reason. And basically, yeah, they religion. do that. You just want to make the woman as a baby... Making factory, you know. Yes. So they shouldn't be coming. They should not get an orgasm. Exactly.
0: To make sure, once again, that they stay with that one man who you know buys them from their father with a dowry. Why don't they cut men's penis Oh. I mean, people
1: say circumcision, but that is not circumcision. Yeah, circumcision is circumcision great. Circumcision is great. <laughs> it's, it's not. I don't know. I mean, as
0: a as a non male. I'll always take the circumcised over the non-circumcised because <laughs> it, you know, it looks better and it uh, responds better. It's more sensitive, so I don't think it hurts sexual uh, performance at no, all. No, it doesn't. Unlike the, you know, the clitorectomy is designed to make the women lose uh, sensitivity, you know, sensitivity and feeling during sex. Exactly. So
1: that is that is very unfortunate. And by the yeah. way, since we talked about that, PRP injection helps a lot in people who had clitorectomies, because mm. it increases the feeling around that area. Of course, it's not going to bring their clitoris back, mm-hmm. but, yeah. you know, it helps a lot with yeah. that area.
0: true. Yeah, it gives it some life, a little, mm-hmm. yeah, circulation. So, we ha- got the nerves from the clit go all the way to the G-spot. Right. Right. And then probably continue all the way to the navel. No, of course, where no. Where the baby uh, well, so connects. I mean, it's also... All of Close. these
1: nerves go around your spine, so they mm-hmm. all travel and go backwards at mm-hmm. some point, but that is where the innervation of the vagina is mostly in the front wall. So and is
0: there a better position for the guy to be in it's to a, hit the G-spot?
1: It's a very good question you asked. So normal angle of the vagina, you know, uh, before we have kids and before we get old, it's a downward angle. So if the woman is laying down on their back the vagina is not flat. It's not just going in like yeah, a tunnel. Yeah, it's a curve. It goes down. It's right. like this. Right. Why? Because when the man is basically penetrating from front, it hits the front wall of the vagina and the G-spot. Now, what happens as we get older and as we have more kids, the vagina becomes flat. And that's why... You're having sex, but you're not feeling as much. And that's why when you do, I do like a lot of vaginoplasties, you bring the muscles back together, you make the vagina tighter, and you restore the angle of the vagina like what it was. Not only the vagina gets tighter, but also women feel a lot more sensation during intercourse, and they get better orgasms.
0: So your nipping and tucking does not affect the nerve functions.
1: No, because you are actually working on the back wall of the vagina. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working mm-hmm. on the muscle. So
0: you're leaving the front untouched and you're closing exactly. up the back. Closing muscle. up the
1: back and make the angle back to what it mm-hmm. was before. Mm-hmm. So you're really working in the deeper areas. You bring the muscle back together. Mm-hmm. And so if the vagina is like this, let's say the opening is like this after you had like a couple of kids or you get older, what we do... I open the bottom part of the vagina, and I bring all the muscles back together, and I make it back together again. So
0: it's a vagina tuck. It's a vagina tuck, tuck. exactly, it's a
1: vaginal tuck. So Mm -hmm. everything comes back together and becomes tighter, and they feel much better, and the partner is happier. I mean, they are happier. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, that's called vaginoplasty. Right. Now we can talk about labioplasty and right. all the okay, other things. Right, okay, so
0: let's talk really briefly. Laser rejuvenation, what's that? So
1: laser vaginal rejuvenation is basically tightening the vagina just using laser. Just like you do a Fraxel on your face, you can do the same thing inside the vagina. So it's a CO2 laser that goes in the vagina and you shoot the walls of the vagina with it. So it kind of does like a microneedling that mm. you do on your face inside the vagina. What does microneedling do? It brings a lot of blood supply, yeah. your platelets, growth your factors. Collagen. Exactly, mm-hmm. rebuild collagen. Mm-hmm. You're the master in this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> labioplasty.
1: So labioplasty is to make lips smaller. So but first so good, of like
0: meaty, chunky lips.
1: So some people... Look don't it, like it every 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 lip is different. every woman's vulva is completely different. Correct. So
0: and sometimes your one lip is different size than the other just like the breast.
1: exactly. so there I, when patients ask me so many times patients come especially about labioplasty, oh do you think I need a labioplasty? I'm like, look, it's not something you need it's something you want do you want a labioplasty? That's a different story. Okay. So that's
0: a purely cosmetic because they feel self-conscious just like for c- whatever reason. Just like, let's reason. say, your breast, you want right. to make it bigger, you want to make it smaller, that's your right. choice. So that's like mostly to please the men. 90% of times, but yes. I tell or at you... Least to please women's idea of what makes them more attractive to men. Unless it's too big that it keeps giving you yeast
1: infection or it goes in and out and gets like red during intercourse and you know, you mm-hmm. can't ride a bike because sometimes You have patients that I had a 15-year-old, which I I never did. She was the youngest patient I operated on uh, for labioplasty. She was on the swimming team. In high school, and uh, everybody was making fun of her because you know everything would the labia hang out. out. Yeah, yeah, in the swimsuit. That's nasty. I know. So her mom brought her, and she said, "You know what? She doesn't want. She gets
0: bullied. She doesn't want to go back to uh. school and everything." And can I say here for the record that long, big labia is empowering, just like a long, big clit is empowering, and women should and be a long, proud of it and long celebrate big penis it. Penis too. Yeah, same, thing. It's the same I mean, concept. I mean, there's no problem with having a big penis. Yes. You know? It's not, uh, you know, we're not like uh binding our feet anymore like they did in China and shrinking our labia into like something that's uh you know hardly visible. It's it, it's okay, whatever you're born uh, with,
1: unless it's bothering unless you, unless it's yeah, exactly. of course, uh, unless it hurts that, or exactly. creates. Trouble. Creates problem. Yeah. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's completely cosmetic.
0: So. It's, yeah, like in their head. <laughs> but, but I tell you, well, that's you. the same thing with, the, with the breasts. With breasts know? or with nose. You know, you have a big or nose. With a nose. Some people want to make it
1: smaller. So yeah,
0: and you know, power to them. I mean, there is like zero judgment. I just feel as a feminist because I love you know, to, I support my women and I love my women, and there is no need to. Put yourself through pain, you know, recovery, all that, just because you have a sense that people will not find you attractive when they will. You know, no guy will pick you by the size of your nose or by the size of your labia. They'll pick you for numerous other reasons Who you are. I mean, I hope they
1: pick you based on who who you are. Well,
0: who you are, how you treat them, and how good your sexual chemistry is, which is, you know, mostly pheromonal. Right. Right. And chemical and some emotional uh, uh, intelligence so you know work on your eq <laughs> before you work on you know like fixing the nose 10 times i feel true but if it's something that's an imp- a social impediment and it keeps you at home self-hating then you have to do it you know you know and I, I tell you one thing i had a
1: lot of patients that i did labioplasty and they said oh you know what i get better orgasms right now just because They were were so, exactly, so self-conscious. They They are like, I couldn't have the lights on. I couldn't let him go down on me. You know, for them,
0: it's helpful. So, you know what? It just depends on you. If you want it, do it. Oh, absolutely. And that's... Okay, so vaginoplasty. But let me just add one more
1: thing. Uh Because more than 30% of labioplasties that I perform are actually to correct a botched labioplasty. Wow. So it's it's uh. a, it's a very innovative procedure. You can't just go to anyone if you want to do it? Make sure you research your doctor. Make sure you see before and after. Make sure they've done at least like hundreds of them before yeah. touching you. You know so that exactly.
0: Is well, you have to always research do your, your doctor. Research. Do People your out there do not just like walk into the ER and let the interns do anything to you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so vaginoplasty and vaginal reconstruction the sound is sa- similar. They are the same. Mm. Yes, they are the same. I mean, th- and that is again what we were talking about: the back muscles, tighten it up. Uh, vag- Reshaping plans. it to, Reshaping, to regain yes. its original curve. Clitoral hood reduction, so the clitoris is more easily available, right? More Exactly. Readily so some people f- have
1: it. Easy to find. Exactly. Mm. Bigger skin on top of the clitoris, which is really bothering them. Mm. Or, or it, it yeah, they can't really, yeah, to work. orgasm. Yeah, right.
0: And what is G spot amplification? So that's what we talked
1: about just going in and injecting the G spot. Oh, sweet. Okay, gotcha. With the PRP. You can do it with PRP. I do it with fillers sometimes. Sometimes Mm. we can even do it with, uh, you know, from your bone marrow or from your own fat basically get the stem cells, those can become very costly, so I usually recommend people to try it with PRP first, but. What does the filler do? It just makes it bigger. It makes the area that uh, basically the nerves are, instead of having it like a smaller spot, it becomes like a raised spot. So even if your partner is blind and goes with one small finger, you know, he can't miss it. But doesn't the
0: figure numb it? The the filler, doesn't it take away sensation? Well, you don't do the filler just on its own. You have
1: to do a little bit of filler with the PRP at the same time. Okay. But the good thing about filler is that it absorbs water to it, so it makes the area much bigger. The PRP's effect go away
0: much faster. Right, right. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to, um, I'm just going through here. Okay. So, oh, the orgasm cream. So what's happening with this bar? When is the, um, the bars? When the are they? You said in February. In February. The bar and is There Are there things that you can buy like at Whole Foods? R-
1: I mean, uh, for now, probably, I don't know if it's going to be at Whole Foods in the beginning. You know, there's a lot of bureaucracy to get into different stores. Mm, okay. But, um,
0: I'm sure at some point yeah. it's going to be in Whole Foods too. Right. So it's interesting to me. I'm going to say um, that you are so progressive in the sense of embracing an area of medicine that is not, uh, you know, widely widely spread and used. Is there something that got you started, a, a formative experience, or is it just coincidence? Mm-hmm. Uh, or no. there must be something in you. No, it's uh, you know what I. <laughs> Right.
1: i g- I grew up in Iran and yes uh, I, yeah,
0: I saw that you actually went to a uh, university in Tehran I which went is to university wonderful in yeah right so it it was
1: uh, a lot of things were oppressed as a man, you couldn't become a gynecologist, you know um wow. and you still can't become a gynecologist. I mean, there are older gynecologists that before the revolution wow. became gynecologists, so and there were like people had to get like hymenoplasties done to be like a certified right. version sure yeah, exactly. yeah So I saw a lot of those and I always liked the field of gynecology. I mean, I've been in operating room since I was 4 or 5 years old because my father's also orthopedic surgeon. Family. Okay. Right. So I loved I always knew I'm going to become a doctor, but uh, it was a very far thought back in Iran to become a gynecologist, but when I came to America and I had the opportunity of course that was the first thing that I really wanted to do. So I started doing it and... Uh,
0: so you found, uh, you started as a more or less uh, uh, mainstream gynecologist and then found it more interesting, more creative, more, uh, I, m- you know, it gives you like more happiness, the result, I, You know,
1: I have I have a, um, I mean, I have a creative side. I, I like doing surgeries, of course. I, I love doing nonprofit work. I've been to Haiti right after the earthquake. I uh, mm-hmm. have a nonprofit that I do that. I've been to Afghanistan. But I really like art. And I feel like this is an art. And the fact that it can help women and take the taboo right. off of it, it, yeah. it helps me a lot. So, I mean, right. it, it gives me a high that I change somebody's life. And I right. feel like nobody else is doing it the way I'm doing it. And people don't want to be. I mean, I talked to my colleagues before even having the fashion show. To other gynecologists and they were laughing at me they're like are you crazy you want to have a fashion show about designer vaginas i'm like yes i want to do that because you want to take the taboo off of it somebody needs to do it uh, yeah but everybody no i agree
0: to... with you everybody needs to do it everybody needs to talk talk uh, about it up. right yes yes i mean i feel the same you know there is so much stigma it makes no sense it's unnecessary there is nothing at all shameful about it. It's the only way the fucking species continues. Without it, we're all finished, right? True. And it's woman's power, only power over men that we get to, you know, give birth. So instead of celebrating it and, you know, making it like a daily, you know, it's like as important as eating and drinking, you know, one of like the most basic needs and for the animal that we are, but um, for you know, for reasons that are too complicated to go into here, we were trained, you know, from very very young to avoid it. You know, we were told no by everyone since uh, you know we started learning language. So, um, if, you know, even now my daughter, um, I have a daughter, she's 19, and she's like, Mom, I love your podcast, but did you have to put the word sex in the title? Like, I don't want to tell my friends in college, I want them to hear it, but I want to say my mom <laughs> has speak sex. And it's, what? What? I mean, you know, I raised my kid as an ardent feminist, and even so, you know, she's thinking, what will people say? It, there is, you know... Um, it, it's associated with something, you know, lower in value or darker. So, you know, when I was, like, teaching at Brown University, that was higher value because that's the mind. Right. But if I am writing about sex or talking about sex or, you know, trying to change and educate women's lives, then that's low, so it's no, dark. No, I feel but like it's how that the world. You know, the average person who doesn't really sit down right. and think about it Right, and try to reason and, and find out why. That's like the the first reaction, the in, the instinct reaction, because that's how we have been brought up. True. Yeah. True. So w- you have to be a little bit of a rebel and a trailblazer, and you know, outlier or outcast or you have <laughs> to be out, <outlier>. you know <laughs> Misfit what? Misfit uh, or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, I, I try to always think about think very very outside the box about because you know as you know a friend of mine told me you know you work inside the box, but you really think outside the box so right. that's the best way you, to be you, you you have to because especially about about sex, you know everything else people well people talk about eating, you know, see how many different kind of restaurants are out there, you know, but um, everybody comes. Up with like new products, but when something is about sex, oh my god! Why are you talking about this? (laughs) You know, it's just people get like um, uncomfortable talking about sex. And as you said, we all came because somebody had sex with somebody else. You know, that's how we were all created. Thankfully. Thankfully, (laughs) yeah,
0: and yeah, and so we're here to say, keep having sex. Keep enjoying each other and most importantly, keep talking about it and finding in yourself the ease, the comfort, the freedom and, you know, the familiarity to just speak sex as a a matter of just as a matter of living your daily life.
1: Right. And find your G-spot. And
0: if you can't find it, you know what? Make sure you get some help. <laughs> yes, yeah, some professional exactly. help. Oh, I have to say, tell you a story. I was going to close off, but I have to tell you a story for a second. Um, I was in college and I had uh, sex with my boyfriend and then i forget what i had i had guests or maybe my parents were yeah my parents from greece were visiting so they were staying at my apartment where oh my we lived together <laughs> so we had sex in the car it was like a tiny little uh, i forget i think like a, a beetle uh, and it was called providence rhode island at brown university so um i sat on top of him <laughs> And I had my first, what I believe was my first G-spot orgasm, but it was completely accidental. And it had to do with like the positioning and the narrow spot that we were squeezed in between like the back of the chair and the wheel. So I I squirted, it, but I didn't know that. So I thought wow. I peed on him. And I think, yeah, I was trying to like pretend that he didn't notice that there was all this, what I thought was pee. <laughs> On the car seat and on him, you know, and then I I didn't know who to talk to about it. Um, I mean, it it took me some time. We didn't have internet. It was very hard to research. You know, I had to go to the library. I mean, that's such a staid library. It's very hard. I didn't know the word squirting. It's very hard to find what you're looking for, you know, and understand that, no, you know, you didn't start like peeing (laughs) at the time of orgasm. And, um, and it didn't, you know, happen immediately after, but then it started happening again when we had sex, in, you know, in bed. So I guess, like, the f- the the floodgates had been opened. And, you know, in time, I found that, it, ha- you know, how common it is, and there's a whole community, and, you know, thank God for porn, even though, and I don't mean to put God and porn in the same short sentence, but... <laughs> even though porn really is not where we should get our sex education at all because it's performed primarily for like the visual pleasure of the male of the species. So it's not really helpful for the female pleasure that much, but that's all there was. So, you know, it was like German porn (laughs) that instructed me and I realized, Oh, this happens, you know, and then women can do it just like standing up and, It's just another way of having orgasm, and I learned how it works and, you know, how amazing it is. But to get there from that first experience was uh, traumatic enough for me to never have forgotten it, you know, because no one talks about it. No, that's true. No one tells you all the things that your body can do as a matter of, you know, great pleasure, as, as... is expressing, you know, the pleasure and the high, which is what happens, you know, when we have orgasm, when we come. So this is one of the, m- you know, countless reasons that we're here today, discussing sex and um, hoping that you all um, speak about sex as well as often as you can. So I am Eve Eurydice, um, and I am the host of Speak Sex, and I'm talking to Dr. Amir Marashi, who is a gynecologist who just moved to practice in Miami part-time. And you can find him uh, under Vagina Whisperer. So thank you for joining, and um, we will be back next Friday. Lots of love. Bye.